The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Oh, yeah! This is the Cigar Authority. Have uh, you any imported cigars? The authority on everything cigar in and out of the cigar industry. We're on a mission from God. With your host, a jelly donut, David Garofalo. How did it get here? Mr. Jonathan. I hear you. And I care. Barry Stein. I'm going to use my spare glove compartment underwear as a napkin. And Ed Sullivan. They don't have a listing for Mr. Wonderful. What uh, spelling did you use? It's time to light them up. Smoke if you got them. It's time for the Cigar Authority. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Soundstage. Today, it was two years ago today that the cigar manufacturers and cigar retailers across America were shocked when the FDA announced it. For the first time in history, regulate cigars. Where are we today? With us will be Glenn Loop, director of the CRA, that's the Cigar Rights of America, to fill us in on that. And later, the most expensive and most limited LFD will be coming out. And with us is the Northeast sales rep, Stephen Portier. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Close enough for government work, Dave. There we go. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority, now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to podcast on cigars in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest, the Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. All right, we've got a lot to talk about, so before we start, let's light up a cigar. Barry, what are we smoking here today? Well, today's first cigar is the Jose Dominguez Maduro, and it's manufactured in the Dominican Republic by Jose Dominguez, and it's available through United Cigar. The size is 65 by 52 Bellicoso, and it features a Maduro wrapper over Dominican binder and fillers. It is part of the Cigar Authority care package, and a single cigar will set you back $6.99 by a box of 25 is just $118.99, which is a savings of almost $21 or just under 15% off the single price at twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick and mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. Okay, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands are raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax, and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellent. So Very cedary. It has a cedar sleeve around it, has a nice ribbon that, that's holding the cedar sleeve. Obviously, you take it off. We have seen people actually light the yeah, cigar with it on happened. there. Don't do that. Um, make sure you, you do that. And now, what you should do on all cigars is taste it before you light it, or else you miss one of those yeah, tasting no. things. Cedar There's earth, a little dry cocoa. Yeah, you got a little molasses. There's a um, there's a fruity component to this, like fruit-striped gum. Yeah? I can only get to about three or four chews on a fruit-striped gum before I accidentally swallow it. <laughs> accidentally on purpose. <laughs> Uh, today, we're going to light our cigar with the Lotus CEO. For when you have lofty goals but a modest budget, the Lotus CEO is a triple jet lighter with a flip-out bullet punch at the bottom. It also fe features an easy adjustment wheel. The Lotus CEO retails for 
$99. I have seen other brands out there that have a similar lighter to this at $100. Similar. similar. It's virtually identical. For $100, and you're looking at $39.99 on this one. So vertigo, way to go, vertigo. Huh? Yeah. We did that. Yeah, yeah, that becomes their new tagline. Way to go, vertigo. And uh, in case anyone was wondering, this Lotus CEO does feature the oh, patented big ass. It's tank. obvious on this one yeah. because it's almost a, a square little bulkiness happening on there. Okay, so uh, it started, uh, the Cigar Rights of America started um, about 10 years ago. And uh, they brought this guy in and he directed this thing to get ready for when something bad happened. And when something bad happened, and bad things are happening all the time, but the, but the worst one of all, I think, is this FDA. Uh, with us is Glenn Loop. He is the director of Cigar Rights of America. Glenn, are you there? I'm here. Beautiful, beautiful. Hear you loud and clear. So uh, you started 10 years ago. Um, how, did you, how did you get the call, or how did they find you, or how did you find them? How did this begin? Oh, good Lord. I'll give you the abbreviated version. Uh, at the time, I had my own lobbying consulting firm here in, in Virginia, and one of my clients was the Cigar Association of Virginia on smoking bans and tax issues, but principally the uh, first proposed smoking ban in the history of the Commonwealth. And uh, we invited in Rocky Patel to wine and dine our House Republicans at a, uh, at a retreat they had and implore them not to adopt a smoking ban, and we got to know each other. And I was driving him literally to an event at my local shop after that and to make a long story short he said we're starting this thing you want to run it ah. <laughs> and uh, i initially said no and flash forward uh, that november of 2008 uh, we all converged at uh, big smoke in in vegas and had a long discussion and so i really uh, essentially considered uh, january 1st 2009 as the uh, my, my start but the organization definitively was getting going in july to the fall of 2008, so it was basically an accident. All right, so 10 years ago, congratulations. Did the Virginia smoking ban happen? It did. It was a modified uh, compromise with the governor at the time, and there's some people that I still don't forgive for their vote on that. But in Virginia, you can have smoking in bars, and, and you can, as long as you have a totally separate access and ventilation from your dining area, you can have smoking. It's up to the proprietor if they want to, and that was considered the compromise. All right, and, and a good compromise. I like the idea, uh, and we've fought the smoking ban very hard up here in New Hampshire, and I say leave it up to the guy that owns the business. If, if they allow smoking and people uh, don't go to their restaurant because there's people smoking there, then the guy would automatically switch it over because that's the way it works. Uh, it's in, called voting with your feet. Right. Voting with your and, and, and let that choice end up happening. Somebody embraces it, and it becomes the place to eat and drink and, and smoke at the same time. A certain other crowd would go there, but it, the government just doesn't want to have it that way. They want us to um, choose. They want to choose for us. Well, I call smoking bans the greatest seizure of private property rights in the history of the country, and I think we can pretty well substantiate that. Just because you're allowed to go in doesn't make it public property. It's truly private property. It should be the proverbial my house, my rules type of uh, approach to the law. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, so, is, uh, what is Rocky Patel's involvement with the CRA now? You said he was instrumental in getting it started. 
He was, but it was a it was a coalition a- effort. I mean, Rocky's on our board of directors, as is Carlito Fuente and George Padron and Lito Gomez and Robbie Levin and you know a host of some of the great cigar makers of, of the industry. But we're supported by over fifty different companies, and and we couldn't get through a, a day without it. But uh, you know, fundamentally, it's it's a consumer driven message. It's about activating consumers. It's about engaging and and teaching consumers on how to be engaged in the political process on behalf of the cigar community, on behalf of protecting their very uh, passion for great premium handmade cigars. And that's the fundamental core of the mission. So uh, whereas we're supported fundamentally by consumer dues, and and we've talked about that, and and retail fundraising and the like, that allows us to preserve our, our major manufacturer contributions for the big ticket uh, lobbying and litigation expenses that I'm sure we'll be talking about. And expenses they are. This is very, so, so the people understand, uh, CRA, $35 a year membership? Yes, uh, $35 online, $25 at events. Uh, and so there's there's numerous ways, but you get, I know we'll get to this later as well, yeah. but go to securitesrights.org. Uh, during the course of the show and reference the Cigar Authority uh, as the referral. Our, our members are great at putting where they're referred from. And I just want to take a second to say that uh, two guys in the Cigar Authority are in the top five for the sources of consumer referrals to, for membership to CRA uh, nationwide. Well, that's awesome. And uh, with this show and our listeners that are listening today, I hope they help push us over, make me yeah. proud, and push us over, push us to the top, and help the CRA. $35, and believe me, it's more than the $35 that they're looking for. They need your name. They need these numbers Absolutely. so that it looks like that we are strong, you know, walking in and saying, yeah, we got 100 people across the country that don't want this to happen, as opposed to we have 100,000 people that don't want this to happen is the name of the game. That's the change-up that happens there. Building cigar smokers as a true political constituency. And if anything's occurred, the groundwork, you know, Rome wasn't created in a day. And frankly, the premium cigar industry is way far behind politically, even a decade later, at, at fundamentally fighting the fight and doing the game the way it ought to be. But this is an expensive process, as, as we noted. But in the course of just really six to eight years, over a half a million messages have been sent from cigar consumers to members of Congress. That and the White House under two presidents. That's not insignificant. Tens of thousands of petitions have been, now been sent for the first time in history on state smoking bans, state taxes, local regulations of impacting our passion for great cigars. So mobilizing cigar consumers, you know, I've heard you use numbers three to four million, possibly nationwide, into a bona fide political constituency. There's not a special interest group in the country that wouldn't give their right arm to have three to four million voters. Mm as a part of their constituency. And that's the reason, you know, years ago at a, at a big smoke event, I referred, I said, you're no longer a cigar smoker. You're a cigar voter. And when you act like that and, and, and consider yourself that, uh, we're going to be a much stronger force, whether it's in Washington, a state capitol, or, or a city hall. Glenn, is it, isn't it really political suicide for a candidate to come out against smoking bans, to really come out and be completely on our side vocally? Well, that's a good question, and we really have to frame it and take it away from being a smoke issue or a tobacco issue and make it a small business issue. It's like we were chatting about uh, before the show started and and about property rights uh, in terms of the smoking bans. You have to 
couch it as a as a social small business property rights uh, almost a libertarian context of these types of decisions in order to get over the notion that it's about smoke and tobacco and I think the the more we can do to frame the issue in that the better off we'll be politically but to go back to the foundation of your question I mean you know Florida and Pennsylvania are foundations for for this industry as a whole and making it an economic issue an economic issue in Florida and Pennsylvania has helped advance our political cause in, in Washington, D.C., couching it to where the trade show is an economic issue for whether it's New Orleans or Las Vegas makes it a better, po more politically palatable type of issue for, for politicians to buy into. So I, I have just been tried to be perfectly consistent over the years about this. Make it more about economics and business and less about smoke and tobacco and we'll be better off politically. Yeah. So how this all starts, that um, I was sitting on the board of directors of the IPCPR when the first news was that there was going to be a Cigar Rights of America coming up, and we had talked sitting on the board that we need uh, to engage the consumer uh, into what's going on also, and the IPCPR just didn't simply do it, so there was a need for somebody to end up coming forward, and, and we know the, the founders that ended up putting this together and saying this needs to be done. Um, but typically, all these things happen because, and I believe at that time, it was the uh, S-chip uh, taxation that was coming into the U.S. and cigars were going to be taxed at a rate of $10 per cigar at the beginning they were talking about, then $3 per cigar, and everybody started getting nervous. And that's when, when people take action, when the, when the crap has already hit the fan, we're in trouble. That's when they end up doing it. But the, the, need, the, the truth of the matter is something's always brewing. So it's not, you know, wait until it ends up happening. It's It's always be doing it because something's going on right now. Is that the reason why, um, as far as you know, that the, the uh, Cigar Rights of America was formed, was S-chip, that was going to actually shut our industry down? Absolutely. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was just, it, like I said, I was helping the Cigar Association of Virginia at the time, and we were in Houston for the, for the convention. I think it was still RTDA at that year, uh, at that convention in Houston, and the industry got word during the show about this S-chip proposal at $10, $3. It wasn't even down to the three by the time the end of the show. You, you were uh, at the show? Yeah, I was. So I, I, re was. I remember that emergency meeting that happened, and we all went into a ballroom, and everybody screaming and yelling at each other. The world was going to come to an end. You were there. I was. I was. I was a, I was a guest of uh, Shorty Cable of Havana Connections here in Virginia. Um, and, and so I guess it was opportune political timing for me to – get an early entree into the politics of the industry, which brings up a really intriguing story. I heard that this was history, so this was before, obviously, CRA was created, is that after that show, Christian Aurora, George Padron, Jeff Borshowitz, and Rocky Patel went to Washington, D.C., and their grand political strategy was to talk to anybody willing to talk to them. Mm. That, that was the methodology, and they were literally started roaming the halls of the uh, of the United States Capitol, the House and Senate office buildings. They were pulling staff out of meetings. As the story came back to me, they literally engaging anybody willing to talk. Um, at the time, Congressman Kendrick Meek, uh, who's close to the industry, was still in the House of Representatives. He helped facilitate some critical meetings. From what I understand, I'm regurgitating the history here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, People like Charlie Rangel, who at the time was head of the Ways and Means Committee to help tell the message. He facilitated meetings with uh, what was then Speaker Pelosi and the like, and 
so Kendrick, again, what I was told, was instrumental in making introductions for the first time. Let's put that in context. For the first time, making political introductions for premium uh, cigar makers. Yeah. Because for the first time in political history, really, they were in the crosshairs of the Congress for this form of taxation. And then, as you know, it was driven down to uh, to the 40 cent mark. But um, it, it really was the great wake up call. And necessity is the mother of invention, also in politics. The, and uh, yeah, the, I, the argument that was going on early was, no, shh, don't let them know we're here, because uh, if we let them know they're here, then they're going to look at tax taxing us. So let's step back, which is completely the opposite. With, you know, they know we're here. They know the product exists. But that was the idea. And that, that was the, the holdback of nobody going forward. And that day that those guys says, OK, we're walking in, into the statehouse was the first time they're breaking through the door and saying, we're here and we don't like it. Well, that's why the political machine can never be off, and it's not off anymore. Uh, now that the IPCPR headquarters has moved to Washington, D.C., uh, we were the first organization to set up an office in Washington with a full-time staff dedicated to protecting premium handmade cigar political interests. Uh, in Washington, D.C., you know, rumor is fact. And you've got to chase rumors, you've got to play defense, you've got to go on offense, and that's where we are right now, is that you mentioned that Two years ago was the the when it all hit the fan with yeah. the FDA, and I know I don't know if you want to shift to that. At, yeah, at let's this, go, let's go. This is but this is where we're really at now. now. This this goes back to the premise of what we're now talking about about always having the machine on. I would argue that it all hit the fan as soon as Barack Obama signed the Tobacco Control Act in two thousand nine. Right. Um, I wrote a piece thirty days later which I could republish today, and just about everything has come true through that, that once you're in the political crosshairs and once the bureaucracy has been given some type of authority to regulate you, they're going to come after you. And we had a meet, industry meeting that was the first industry meeting at CRA on April the 9th, 2009, and my words at that time was, S-CHIP was just practice. Yeah. And it was. S-CHIP was just practice. And... Um, so it was a year later. It was April, uh, I've got it in front of April 26, 2010. <clears throat> 10 was the first time that, that the FDA went public with its intent to regulate premium handmade cigars. That's not two years ago. Right. They warning for some time. And that's the reason that the industry did go on political offense and initiate the, the legislation that's now been a platform for our discussion, a platform for our messaging to the United States Congress ever since. And that bill was filed April 15, 2011, under a very bipartisan sponsorship of Congresswoman Kathy Castor, Democrat, Congressman Bill Posey, Republican, and Nelson and Rubio in the Senate for Florida. Yeah. Um, and since then, that coalition has been broadened to now over 300 current and former members of the House of Representatives, over 26 current and former members of the United States Senate, building what is really a, a premium cigar coalition that we can look to. And that legislation today is 143 in the House, 21 in the Senate. And we can discuss the, the nuances of why it didn't get in the last budget bill, but it has definitively served as a platform for our message that we never, ever had before. And it continues to increase, but it is still the minority that are on our side, basically. Well, it goes back to what Jonathan said. Who's going to sign on to a tobacco bill? Mm. It's not insignificant that on September the 14th of last year, the full House of Representatives did, in fact, adopt a budget 
that included a premium cigar exemption and changing the predicate date within it. And that is not politically insignificant that it finally got through the House of Representatives, continues to serve as a platform for our message. In fact, there's going to be some developments probably next week in terms of uh, some, well, I, I don't want to get into that, but next week there could be some new news on that too. Glenn, how difficult is it for you and the CRA to keep cigars separate from cigarettes in the minds of these politicians? Well, that's been a part of the message, and, and frankly, it's it's both an opportunity and disturbing that there many members are hearing this message for the very first time. Um, there's, you know, staff members, they truly get it, that we meet with. There are members that truly get it, but it's taken a lot of education. We have visited and met with and briefed over 500 congressional offices in the course of the last six to eight years, and for too many of them, it was the first time they, you know, the, let me back up a little bit. The opposition the, the healthcare lobby, the body parts lobby, et cetera, have done a magical, magical job of equating what you and I are smoking right now with a pack of cigarettes. And if you read the final rule that came out of the FDA, they did everything humanly possible to equate this with cigarettes. And it's been a, a yeoman's effort on behalf of a lot of consultants, a lot of in, inner thinking by this industry. If this regulatory process has done anything, it's compelled this industry to take a closer look at itself to evaluate itself, to research itself. And that's been a positive outcome of all this. It makes us better with our arguments. It makes us better with our battle plans. And it makes us better with our messaging to members of Congress. So definitively, every comment that's filed, uh, every political briefing that's taken place, but mainly with these types of uh, public comment periods that I know we're going to chat about so shortly, um, it, it, it involves doing exactly what you just said, separating premium handmade cigars from other tobacco products, both in terms of their health impact, uh, their demographic appeal or not. Um, we know that the rates of inhalation, addiction, and youth access are not equated with premium handmade cigars, and that's the very reason Congress passed the Tobacco Control Act. Now, tough argument is we, you know, we're a little separated within our industry because we have now cigarette companies that are in the cigar business. So are you butting heads with them, or are they coming more to our side and agreeing that this is different? Or they, do they make the argument that, you know, they don't want people to switch over to cigars and make cigars the ones, even though they're, they're in the business, they want to bring it back to them? What is the, um, is there a... What's the temperature? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's a tough question. But I would have to characterize it as there's a great deal of effort by all segments of the industry to differentiate these by product category and i think that both shall we say big tobacco uh different companies uh, different economic interests within the tobacco universe are doing a very good job i believe at pushing one fundamental message that's uh, the key that, that's the key the message is you cannot regulate everything the same way and everybody is saying that, from All big right. tobacco to us. And I think that's a positive outcome also from this process. There cannot be a one-size-fits-all approach. You know, I've got a letter from one big tobacco company right here that basically espouses that train of thought. You can't regulate everything the same way. And I think when the FDA came out with this notion of, con not notion, but theory of continuum of risk, it clearly implies you cannot treat all products the same fashion. And what the FDA has put on the table right now is clearly a one-size-fits-all 
one-size-fits-all approach, and that's what's got to be scrapped, and that's what this new public comment period could hopefully lead to. All right, so how do you feel? You're a smart guy. You, you went to Harvard. If you well, were, for a summer. Right. <laughs> okay. I lived around the corner from it, and they wouldn't even have me near the yard. And so. he already just impressed me with his use of, uh, of vocabulary, a yeoman's effort. I'm, <laughs> I'm stealing that. There we go. Uh, I do have a picture smoking in Harvard Yard. That was pretty cool. Right. <laughs> they didn't like it. But Did I you did. park the car first? Or <laughs> <was> <laughs> I couldn't afford a car then. <laughs> What, what's your guess, if, as a regular person or something, where does it go? I mean, are we destined for doom and we just have to keep fighting and, and make it last as long as we possibly can? Or could, you know, light shine and all of a sudden they say, okay, we get it now, we understand? Well, let me put it this way, and I'm going to run through the punch list, and I'm going to be a little redundant from what, uh, Dave, you heard me say at the Tobacconist Association of America meeting a couple of weeks ago. But I'm going to run through a punch list here of what's going right. And and I think that's an important part for us to remember. Uh, one, I mentioned on September 14th of last year, the legislation getting through the House of Representatives, which serves as a great benchmark for the future. On February the 27th, Carlito Fuente, George Padron, Robbie Levin, Rocky Patel, for the manufacturers of CRA, and Greg Zimmerman of Pennsylvania and Craig Cass of North Carolina, um, after a month of, of meticulous pre, uh, preparation, did an unprecedented presentation for the commissioner of the FDA and his staff on what makes the premium handmade cigars different, the true nature of this product and industry, the culture and artisan uh, characteristics of it, and why it shouldn't be treated like other tobacco products. They noted that that was an amazing presentation. It was very well received. And we do believe that the FDA commissioner now, Dr. Scott Lieb, is, I'm not going to say a friend of the cause. I would never imply that. But I do think he's more objective. I do think he's more open-minded. And I think that's what's helped lead to this new notice of proposed rulemaking process that could hopefully lead to regulatory relief. On March the 28th, Bill Paley of La Plina Cigars, along with John Anderson for the IPCPR board, did an outstanding presentation for the White House, for the White House Domestic Policy Council um, on the economic implications of, of regulation. And that body is specifically charged with evaluating significant regulations that could have adverse domestic economic consequences. And, and the new staff of that, uh, let's put it this way, our message did not fall on, on deaf ears. Uh, regulatory relief has made the president's re unified regulatory agenda the Freedom Caucus of the House of Representatives included regulatory relief for premium cigars in their annual caucus agenda. Good. And on March the 19th, I would be remiss if I didn't know Rocky's presentation on Fox News on the Tucker Carlson show, took our message to a seven-digit audience, over 312,000 online views just on Tucker's site. It was an unprecedented manner of taking our message to a national audience, and it Let's put it this way. We know for a fact that that video was seen at the White House. That was the best elevator pitch I ever heard. He had a short period of oh, time, and he killed he was it. unreal. Well, I was standing behind the camera, and after it was over, Tucker slammed his desk and said, man, you packed a lot into five and a half minutes. Wow, it was. Even and with Tucker really trying to get him off topic and trying to change the subject, Rocky did not stay. stray. He just stuck right to his he, pitch. He knew he had a short oh, it was awesome. period of time. It yeah. was an interesting thing to watch, to watch from behind the camera. Yeah. You know, and the president's administration through the commissioner, and I guess your viewers can see this, this was the three-year reprieve from certain substantial equivalence applications and processes for the next through 2020, 2021, and that's not insignificant. 
But the really the mother load of, of opportunities is this new notice of proposed rulemaking that was issued. And the deadline is June 25th. All the organizations have asked for asked for an extension as we assemble um, experts and consultants on the different nuances of, of this notice of proposed rulemaking, where we're going to have to document the lack of health impact, health public impact. Lack of health public, impact. Lack of adverse health impact yeah. analysis. Uh, in this notice of proposed rulemaking, getting into questions of patterns of usage. We're going to be revisiting the whole question of inhalation and addiction based upon existing studies. We were lucky that since the final rule came out, the American Medical Association has come out with a study that breaks our way on that question. Right. Plus the, the New England Journal of Medicine, which is one of the most credible periodicals in the entire medical sector, came out with a study that clearly definitively said from their perspective, that America's youth are not gravitating to premium handmade cigars, something we already know, right. but it's better to have somebody like the New England Journal of Medicine say it. The new past study has documented that. And putting these types of, of analysis in front of the FDA is going to help make our case in this notice proposed rulemaking. And next week, and this is CNN breaking news because we just finished it up yesterday, uh, next week we're going to be launching, launching a consumer message with these specifics in it to the FDA. So consumers will have an opportunity with a with a uh, message that we've helped craft with our legal counsel and the like uh, that they can send into the FDA helping to make our case from the consumer perspective. It's awesome. And something that's important to note about, it's you can't just publish something in the New England Journal of Medicine. No, no. It's a peer-reviewed process where your data gets reviewed by a multitude of people. In order to get in there, you've got to be putting the facts in. They do not allow opinion pieces in the New England Journal of Medicine. Right. Well, and I'm willing to love that because facts is what it is. It's these thoughts of, oh, no, this is bad for you. What I hate is these warning labels that are coming on here that are not facts-based right. that we are, we're accepting. You know, we're letting... And the first yeah. of our lawsuit, frankly. All right, yeah, because that bothers me. As much as they say, oh, just the warning labels, or what, let that one go. That one bothers me the most right. because it's not fact. Glenn, I would love it if the CRA came out with a pin, maybe in the form of a star, a shape of a star, and it says, uh, I smoke handmade premium cigars and I vote. And then you run a nationwide uh, Facebook contest with people getting their picture taken or who can get into the most famous shot on, on national television with that pin. I like it, and I'll have to send you one of our T-shirts that I might have around my office here. It says, "I'm with CRA and I vote." I love it. There we so go. Very close. So we'll have to we'll we'll have to follow up on that. But All right. So the, a consumer-based uh, organization, the Cigar Rights of America, consumers are listening here. How can a consumer? What should they do? How can they help? Well, one, we cannot let down our guard on our message to to Congress of why an exemption is necessary for premium handmade cigars. Our legislation is alive through December 31st. We're going to have another run at the at the budget process, and that's what we'll be chatting about publicly next week. Um, we feel strongly about our, our support in the House of Representatives. Once again, once again, the Senate is a is an uphill battle, no matter what you do. Uh, you know, tobacco has a very strong anti. There's a very strong anti-tobacco coalition in the United States Senate, and the problem with the Senate is it only takes one to cause a train wreck. And so we encourage our, our, your viewers and our members and, and people that are passionate for great cigars across the country to go to cigarrights.org. The first banner you see up top is to, it's a, 
predestined message. It goes to immediately just because with your name and zip code. That's all we need, your name and zip code. The message will automatically go to your member of the House of Representatives and your two members of the United States Senate to tell them to support regulatory relief. Number two is early next week, we should be releasing our, our consumer message to the FDA for this notice of proposed rulemaking that we'll be citing uh, and attacking all of the facts that we need uh, for this current expectation of the FDA. And again, that was a that was a gift from the Trump administration to reopen this comment period for us to tell our story. So go to cigarrights.org, and we also have a state-by-state -state breakdown. If there's legislation impacting your ability to, to enjoy great cigars at the state level, every state has its own page. Uh, and you got to keep your eye on this. I mean, what happened in Louisiana is this, this past year, this past legislative session is a case in point. All of a sudden, out of the blue, member of the House of uh, Representatives for the state of Louisiana introduces a across-the-board smoking ban, including cigar shops, cigar lounges, and cigar bars. It got nowhere, but the fact that it was introduced proves how you've got to stay on your guard. And I want to go back real quickly before we uh, go to another question. Is I know that we talked about this, excuse me, as to why this transpired the way it did. The Obama administration was committed to putting out all the regulations they could before they left office. And I don't say that in a partisan context, but they were leaving office. They knew it. The FDA knew it, the leadership at the time of the agency knew it, and they had to get it out and get it out quickly. I call it Velcro politics. Let's just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. And that's what they did. That's the reason this rule was so harsh and why we have to totally revisit mitigating the, the threat of the final rule, which the worst parts have not taken, impact, taken effect yet. So that's also significant. But it was in May of last year that they did that or May of 16, that they did that. They had to get it out, and if there had been three weeks difference, the Congressional Review Act would have kicked in, and we could have had the whole rule reevaluated by Congress, and they couldn't, but they knew that if they got it out before, I think it was like May the 5th, which they did, mm. they, that the final rule would take effect. So they, they can, were they rushing go, it They can out, go fast when they want to, and they go slow when they don't, right? With e-cigarettes and everything else. Yeah. I'm sorry. They go fast when they want to. They, they can definitely pull it off oh. fast if they want. And they could drag their feet on this notice proposed rulemaking. Absolutely. There's nothing compelling them to take an action after this. But I can assure you that after our comments filed, we're going to be taking what we filed directly to the administration. It's a great message. Listen to our listeners. I implore you, please, we don't ask you for much on this show. We give you uh, a good show every single week. It's eight years running. Ish. 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 Yeah. That... This is mandatory. You Please, you have to do it. Join the Cigar Rights of America. Go on there. It's $35 so that your message can be heard. Go on here and do this. As far as going on there and writing to your Congress, they couldn't make it easier. It's going to take you a minute. Just go on there and do it. You I, know, ju I just did it while we were talking uh, to Glenn. All right. So Barry did it while, while he's on the show. I mean, this is nothing. You can, you can multitask and do this thing at the same time. It's not like, like we're asking you to dig a ditch. Right. Please, please. Uh, it's important. You love premium cigars. You want to smoke. Uh, you want the, the, the stores to be able to exist. Uh, this goes all the way around. It goes from the, the smoker all the way to the cigar manufacturer, uh, and it's all in your hands, you the consumer. Uh, that's what they care about because it's the, it's the votes. It's not it's the, absolutely the, the votes. That that's currency in Washington. Well, let's put this in this context, too. Under the previous administ president's administration, his own, the, the Obama administration's own 
Small Business Administration presented a, a letter to the FDA and to the White House Office of Management and Budget that said, if you regulate in the path that you've gone down, if you continue on this and you regulate the way you've proposed, you're going to wipe out 50%, 50% of the premium handmade cigar industry. And, and the, a monopolies will take effect, which is not going to be any good for anybody. I just read a link on the FDA's own website that was absolutely amazing, where they were virtually bragging about the fact oh. that it would, could cost only, only nearly a half a million dollars for substantial equivalence and pre-market approval process uh, applications to the FDA. What happens when some of the brands that are on your shelf in yeah. your shop, Dave, and I've, I've been there, yeah. and someone says, I'm sorry, but to keep that product on the shelf, you're going to have to pay a half a million dollars in testing procedures or application process or attorney's fees to get you through this application process. Game over. Game over for them. They can't afford Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're thinking about not only the manufacturer side of putting them out of business, but what that does to the retail chain. Right. And what that does to the farming chain and what that does to the supply channels that start at the Port of Miami and go all over this country. Um, the the trickle down effect of this regulatory process is why it's been deemed an economically significant rule. And that means its economic impact is estimated by the government to be over one hundred million dollars. Well, we think that's lowballing it. Wow. And I could name I won't do it on this show, but I, you could go through it. I'm sure and list the brands that you know could not afford this level of regulation. Absolutely. And, and whereas, you know, a, a lot of the larger companies, and even mid-sized companies, have done a great job of, of preparing for this type of a moment, I, I worry feverishly about the, the boutique side of this industry, the small batch runs that, that companies want to do. You know, we, when we did FDA presentations, we consistently brought up the, the Avo birthday cigar and to commemorate the the birthday of that wonderful man, Avo Vezian. And that cigar comes out once a year. Yeah. You can't wait two and three years to get approval to put out a special blend to commemorate a birthday or to commemorate a, a company anniversary or, or just to put out a cigar because some unique tobaccos may have become available to do a small batch run. And you, know, you might be smoking one right now for all I know. But a small batch run, limited run that some company says, I just, I'm only going to produce 500 boxes of this. Well, all of a sudden, you've got to wait for FDA approval to do that. And that's absolutely ridiculous and totally un unacceptable. And that's the reason the pre-market approval process has is, is got to go for this to become acceptable. And that's what we're uh, either going to hopefully accomplish either through the legislative process or through the courts. And we're still waiting on a judge to do that. Lynn Loop, Cigar Rights of America, thank you for all you do. Thank you for all the help. And everybody listening, please join. Go on there. Make me proud. Uh, put in the Cigar Authority so they know where it came from. Uh, thanks very much for coming on here, and I'll see you soon, my friend. Thank you. all appreciate everything your whole team does. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break, folks, and when we come back, what else is happening in the cigar world? Barry's got the news, and later, the most expensive La Flor Dominicana cigar ever in the most limited. We're going to light it up and review it live right in front of the LFD representative who has never even tried it before. We're live from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. This is David Garofalo, and you've heard me say it over and over again for many years. Please support your local cigar retailer. And I mean it. If you don't buy from them, they will go away, and then what? There'll be no place to go. That being said, 
Sometimes you're far away from any cigar shops or a place that doesn't carry the stuff you've been hearing about and you want to try it. That's where twoguyscigars.com comes in. It's the number twoguyscigars.com. And unlike most online cigar shops, at twoguyscigars.com, you can buy a single cigar of whatever you want. You don't have to buy boxes or even five packs and suffer through cigars you might not even like. One of this and one of that is acceptable, appreciated, and commonplace at twoguyscigars.com. That's the number, twoguyscigars.com. Thank you for your business. Ooh, we're gonna have fun. When the Cigar Authority returns on the United Podcast Network. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer & Sickle live well. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman's Garco or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. 
The Padron Mission is simple. Exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. Hi, this is Tony Serino. And this is Carson Serino. From Serino Cigars, you are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Soundstage, right above Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Now in our ninth year, you can find the Cigar Authority on social media. Please be our friends and subscribe. Give us a review. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. We are smoking the Jose Dominguez Maduro. This is the Bellicoso, and we haven't got a lot into flavors. Well, we were busy in the last segment, but uh, I'm sure the two of you have had uh, an apple before i've had one baked in the oven with the cinnamon with a on little it? cinnamon and maybe some butter on Love top you, you mean like in a pie no 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 a baked apple what about the crust there's no crust it's just an apple sugar you, you take the you take the skin off and you put mm. some cinnamon on it and a little butter and you brown bake sugar it. little brown sugar dave how much do i get paid to eat that yeah oh right. this isn't that oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm out <laughs> Uh, now we're having baked apple for lunch on Monday. <laughs> See what you did? But, Dave, you were mentioning brown sugar. There's definitely a brown sugar component of this cigar. Yeah, so close your eyes and think of an outdoor barbecue. you got the hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill, maybe some corn on the cob grilling on the grill. Why are you going to try to reinvent the wheel? I'm hungry. I'm I already said baked, a- baked apple. That's I know what that's it what is. I just said, but I have this whole outdoor... Thank you, Ed Sullivan. It's about time what do they call you recognize. Grilling, it's not barbecuing. What is it? It's, it's grilling. barbecuing or grilling. That, that yeah. was for Dave. Yeah. People in Texas cringe every time we refer to it as a barbecue. Yeah. It's, it's grilling. Yeah. Whatever. With, with the coals, though, not with the uh, gas grill. I want right. the regular you gotta coals. You got to have the briquettes. You yeah. put the meat, meat on before you cooked off the lighter fluid? No. I so it has it. extra no, flavor? I have it burning like crazy first. Gets really hot. Then you put the thing, and here you go. Do you even know how to barbecue or cook with, with the coals? Do you do it? I do it. I do it, and I got don't. the thing that holds the coals in the, in the thing. I got it going on. 
I got it going on. I've been to your house a million times. I've never seen you at a grill. I've seen you in a pizza oven before. Yeah. Never seen you in the grill. I can do a grill. The guys can do a grill. And it's grilling season right now. Most guys yes, can is. do a grill. I've just never seen you do it. It's I'm Mother's Day week, but it's restaurants for Mother's Day week. On, on Father's Day, it's go out there and start the grill. All right, Dad, go cook, cook your steaks. Cook, right? <laughs> <laughs> you want that steak? You bu- that you bought, <laughs> yeah. right? You want steaks? Go cook them yourself. We get the short end of the stick, the guys, huh? For sure. All right, let's find out what's up in the cigar world with Barry Stein. It's time for What's What's Up up? in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. And this week, Imperial Brands, the parent company of Altatus, has announced the company plans to sell off $2.7 billion of the company. No word on which segments will be part of the sell-off and shares of the company rose 4% on the news. Casada Cigars has announced the restructuring of their company. Manuel Casada will be in charge of blending and become a brand ambassador, while his daughters will handle brand management and global sales. Fruewa Rosas of Chogi Cigars will now serve as the GM and director, and Hostos Fernandez Casada is out and will seek employment elsewhere. A lot of changes there. In Massachusetts, the House this week voted to raise the tobacco purchase age to 21. The, Boo. Me- the measure now heads to the Senate. The bill, however, has a provision that would grandfather in those ages between 18 and 21 should the bill pass. And lastly, in Hawaii, a bill was proposed that would have banned the purchase of tobacco online. This week, that bill was defeated. So our listeners in Hawaii, as you're avoiding the lava, you can feel free to order from sites like TwoGuysCigars.com. And that's what's up this in the cigar world. Plug for you. What's <laughs> up in the cigar world was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. The Recluse Amadeus Habano Reserva uses grade-A Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a San Andreas binder, a Dominican Lajero Seco, and Pennsylvanian Broadleaf filler tobaccos, which create a blend we call the Cigar of the Year. Recluse Cigars is what's up? Recluse Cigars, and that's Jose Dominguez, partners in that cigar brand, and this is the Jose Dominguez cigar we're smoking here, the Maduro. There's the Natural, which I love even more than the Maduro, mm-hmm. but the Maduro's treating me well. Yeah, it's good. It's all that barbecue, right, and of the cookout. It's the baked apple, it's the, the sweetness you know, you that, stay with that, that mitigates the strength. Next week on the Cigar Authority, the Longish Ash and other cigar smoking contests like Asketball, Slow Smoking, Bring Your Asketball Court. You got the, still got that, the Asketball uh, I, th- I think thing? I have it somewhere. Um, we're going to get that all together. And joining us will be Christian Aroa from CLE Cigars uh, in studio, stopping by, and uh, we'll have some little fun and games with him. That's what he did at TAA. On the beach, there was all games Beer and stuff. Pong, yep. Yeah, all that was going on. So, um We'll have him on the show next week. The following week is the No Dave Show, and small cigars are stronger than the big ones. No, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And whatever else you guys are going to end up doing. Um, We're also going to do lighter maintenance uh, on that episode, so uh, break out your... We meant to get to that. Break out your lighters that aren't working, and uh, we're going to get them working for you, guaranteed. All right, now it's time for the matchup of the week. Let's get to that. That ding-ding means it's time for the matchup of the week brought to you by VS, 
VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars. Who would win this hypothetical battle? Today, would you rather be in prison for five years in, in solitary confinement or not ever go to prison but not ever become rich? So you will be rich if you do the five years. You go in solitary confinement five for five years, years you come out a rich man. If Jonathan was in gin pop, it would be like hedonism for him. Luckily, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Um, so, so five years solitary confinement, which is very define tough. rich though. Are we talking like billionaire, no, no. or just the millionaire next door? Because I, yeah, I, you, I don't care. You just you're all set. Five years in prison. Five. Well, I've been working here for more than five years. <laughs> Although I'm not rich. Yeah, I would do it. So I'm with Gary. Solitary confinement. You're, you're a young enough man. Ed Sullivan. I, I'm already all set. I'll skip prison. <laughs> I'll do the time. Yeah, the time. <laughs> five years. Five years. I hate people, so it'll be five years. <laughs> I could be by myself, three five. squares a day, do some push-ups, come out jacked, and loaded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you still got it on your racket. You Whatever. I'm loaded. I don't care. Yeah. I want to buy a house. I will just buy it in cash. It's two to two. We got a stalemate here. Well, because we get the two old guys that don't want to give up the last five years of their lives. The two old rich guys. <laughs> yeah, the, the, haves, the haves the don't want to do it. Guys. The have not so willing to do it. Right, right. I'll do the time. No, because time is the most valuable thing. As I get older, time is the most valuable thing. I'm not giving up five years. I don't have that many left. When I smoked that first edition Padron that I spent $106 for, yeah. the two hours that I had by myself to smoke that cigar, was why it was worth it. The cigar itself, no cigar is worth $100. Well, but if you, if you set the time aside for the right cigar, it's absolutely worth five it. Five years? Five years of silence? And non-smoking. Whatever. Non-smoking. That would be the there's hardest nothing, part about the no, time. No, there's nothing there to stress you out. I mean, what, what, you got to go out into the yard for not, five not, minutes a day for your exercise? Not eating what you want to eat. It's going to be whatever it's going to be. I not, eat everything. No, it's you prison. don't. It's prison food. Prison food isn't exactly they healthy. Don't give you, they don't yeah. give you cupcakes in prison. No? No. It's mashed <laughs> potatoes and that's it. Yeah. Just <laughs> I can live on mashed potatoes. Jonathan would be the Creamed cupcake. corn. I'm all in. Really? And I'm not in Gen Pop with Barron's over there, so I don't have to worry about having to uh, join a gang or anything. I'd be all set. And he needs it to protect himself. If you're local, I'll come visit occasionally. Nice. If it's even allowed. Conjugal yeah. visit or just a regular <laughs> visit? <laughs> uh, just a visit to torment him. If, if you're in solitary confinement, I don't think you can have visitors because you have to be solitary. You have to be by yourself. You're going to yeah. see a prison guard once a day that's going to let you walk around the, the shower or whatever in a circle. Gary's saying he knows from personal experience, no visitation in no solitary visitation. confinement. All right. Well, that's good, Dave. You just bought me some more time. More time? Five years. Really? Do that standing in my head. Piece of cake. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> By the way, you can't have any pieces of cake. You're gonna drop some pounds. That's part of it too. Why I would do it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's be like going to a fat farm. Worth it's, it. It's Barry's diet plan. <laughs> Go to prison and get rich. <laughs> to me, it's amazing that the segment of what people will do for money. Part of it really is the the, the going to prison for five years just to see if I could do it. 
I mean, what, what if what, you can't? Then you tap out and no, you're poor. No, you can't. Yeah. yeah, everything else you've been able to tap out of. Oh, I can't do it. I, I got to tap out. I don't want to be rich anymore. I'll stay poor. I'm out. Whatever. Yeah. Man, I don't know. No amount of money for me. All right. Uh, Jose Dominguez, Bellicoso Maduro. It's treating me nice. It's good. It's got a little, a little bit of strength there. I'm getting a little. I can feel the heaviness on my chest a bit. Oh, enjoy this because wait till you see what you got coming up. So <laughs> well, enjoy I have, the heaviness on your chest. I have a theory. We're about to knock you out. I have a theory that I'm going to attempt to put into effect in the next hour on how I can handle not only a strong cigar but a strong Dominican cigar that I know for a fact is going to have an effect on me. But I think. I figured out how to handle it, and I'll tell you all about it in the next hour. All right, we're going to see that. Barry, how's this treating you? You know, I'm getting a little bit of that brown sugar. There's some cedar components. It's actually an enjoyable Medora. Mm. You say actually well, like you weren't expecting it to be enjoyable. Because you're expecting more money? It's yeah, too, I'm too, not a too Dominican Medora guy, so I'm actually quite surprised and quite happy that I'm enjoying this. Would you get for a wrapper on this? What was it? Uh, just listed as Maduro. They don't have any specifics oh, no. listed on it. All right. It's burning beautiful. Tastes mm -hmm. nice. Ed Sullivan? I'm enjoying it as well, and I don't often smoke Dominican Maduro cigars, but uh, this is very pleasant. I like it. Good job here. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the most expensive La Flor Dominicana cigar ever and the most limited. You think La Flor Dominicana cigars are hard to get? This one, forget about it. We're going to light it up and review it live in front of the La Flor Dominicana representative who's never smoked a cigar before. Uh, let's get to know the Northeast sales rep for La Flor Dominicana, Stephen Poirier. 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 We're live. Going with it anyways. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, in the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars, as Rafael Nodal has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Rafael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales, where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced, and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera, it will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online 
online at twoguyscigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast, or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tobacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at Better Cigar Shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family center company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation 
is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is good smoke. This is the Cigar Authority. Smoke a cigar? Sure. The authority on everything cigar, in and out of the cigar industry. You'll get nothing and like it. With your host. You smoke vile cigars all day. David Garofalo. Oh, that's fine as long as you're imported. Mr. Jonathan. You should have caught me before my operation. Barry Stein. I never drink. Why? And Ed Sullivan. Might even lend you my lighter. So it's time to light them up. <laughs> Good. The Cigar Authority is here. You are finally done. It's all about nothing. And we are back with our number two, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage. We're smoking Dominican cigars, and nothing is more Dominican than La Flor Dominicana. And nothing is more limited than the cigar we're about to light up. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority, now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. You catch the podcast on demand or our daily blog on thecigarauthority.com. With us is the Northeast sales rep for La Flor Dominicana. He's getting the reputation of, of being not carny. Um, <laughs> but he's telling me there's a new sheriff in town. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Stephen Poirier. Dave, is thank it, you very much. Is that correct? Am yes, I, it is correct. Poirier, okay. And, and don't be too nervous because the real Mr. Jonathan is in the chat room. He's paying attention to every word you say. Yeah, every word, so don't mess up. And I'm also sitting right here paying attention to every word that you say. The real Mr. Jonathan, though? I thought he's in the chat room. He got defeated in the Jonathan versus dance Jonathan off, dance contest. Off. <laughs> so working under Mr. Jonathan Carney, how was that? It's great. I honestly would not want to work for a different boss. Really? You're not saying that because he's listening. I've known John Carney since he was the rep for the territory. I met him the first year he was on the job, and we became friends, and that's kind of how I worked my way into this position. Is he a tough boss? Demanding? As long as you don't screw up, as you're fine. You, you do your job. Just simply do, do your, your job. Do your job. Make sure everything goes smoothly. If there's a problem, you can always text him. You can call him and say, hey, I have a problem. What can we do about it? And he's right on top of it and make sure everything works out. And, and readily available for you when you need him. Yes, 100%. Okay. So uh, I tried the cigar before, but you have not. I have not. I am fanboying right now. I am cigar nerding out. So I'm, I'm gonna, so excited. The good news is I'm going to pass mine on to you because we only have four. You are such I a had it. wuss. <laughs> I had it. You smoked two puffs of it and bailed out. And you're not even going to smoke, smoke it with us? Pu- so I was at the IPCPR. TA. 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 And John Carney, who's listening, pulled one out. And he says, there's only one. And I want you to smoke it and tell me what you think. And nobody's had it but Lido and Tony. That's it. I haven't even had it before. But if you tap out of it, 
I want the rest of it. Are you taking notes on this? <laughs> this is how players play right here. This is how Carney rolls. So I smoked, I would say, a couple of inches anyway. That's in Dave math, that's two puffs. No, it was he not. He didn't slobber on it. He kept the I end dry. To, I tried so to could... keep it as clean as possible, wiped it off after and gave it to him, and he didn't think twice, and he put it in his mouth, and he finished it off all the way down because he's a man and I'm not. There's no doubt about it. But honestly, the, the full-of-body La Fleur Dominicanas, they are too much for me. This one goes is in another stratosphere such a bitch we're gonna see we're gonna see with you because you talk all you want i'm gonna i'm gonna the, smoke it all the way down there's a little four dominicana oro mm -hmm. which i say is the highest of height the when good it comes to full body to, to my palate it's like okay i smoked that once never again i smoked it once too and i now know that i'm going to live until i'm 96 i just know what i saw into the future because it was that strong well, i'm gonna say this one is more full-bodied than that I got it. I got it, it under beautiful. control. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'll pass these out. Ed Sullivan will get one for you too. I'm gonna pass on it. Dave, but I, you're you're the best. It's the way I am. And I'm gonna end up smoking the La Fleur Dominicana, the LFD. What do they like to be called, La Fleur Dominicana or LFD? Either one. Yeah. Um, I'm old school man. I remember it with the flowers and the band, and the, even before that. But uh, this is the Reserve Especial, which is a go-to for me, that I like. One of my favorites for sure. Double but, bubble, bubble gum. Yeah. Well, show you got to show that picture of that cigar um, for the people that are watching us on YouTube. If you listen to the show, maybe you want to go onto YouTube one of these days because it's always there, and you can see. The, um, right at the this minute mark. So just look at your phone and see where the podcast is, and it's about the same. Yeah. The LFD TAA 50th anniversary the t not lfd's 50th anniversary it is the taa the tobacconist association of america's so here's a unique shape to it uh, of how this torpedo is and it's box pressed beautiful gold band the second band with a 50 on it it's, it's beautiful it's very box pressed yeah very. it looks like the double press with yep. a torpedo end on it so between the two years what do we what do we know about the cigar Okay, I guess right. I will handle it. Today's second <laughs> cigar is the LaFleur Dominicana TAA Oro Golden Anniversary, a.k.a. the 50th. It's manufactured in the Dominican Republic by LaFleur Dominicana, and the size is 6.5 by 54. It features a Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano wrapper over a Dominican binder and Phyllis in the Dominican Republic featuring Criollo 99, which was grown for the first time at LaFleur Dominicana's La Canela Farms. A single cigar will set you back $24.00, and it'll be available at fine TAA retailers such as twoguyscigars.com. Get a price on it? $24. $24 cigar. There's never been anything close to $24, has there? The only one that has been close, well, the Solomon. Yeah. The Solomon Unicos was up there. Okay. Then you also had the El Museo about yeah. eight years ago. Right. Which that was a fundraiser cigar, so. Yeah. It's a little bit different. This is not. This is business. The foot this of the cigar, vanilla and cedar. I, I want to know what the hell is going Thank on you. with I the love fest all week. between <laughs> the two of you. You didn't, you didn't go for that bubblegum wrap? He didn't we, go for the bubblegum. We all gum. just glazed over when you said it. <laughs> Honestly, I do kind of get the double bubble. Don't start kissing up now, <laughs> yeah. Stephen. I'm being completely honest. I said well, it to Barry five minutes ago. Definitely not the uh, real Mr. Jonathan because the real Mr. Jonathan would, would never kiss never, up. Would never agree with him. Hey. So uh, it is beautiful, right? <laughs> and you're going to go it's all pristine. with straight cuts on it? 
Yep. Well, we only have straight cutters. So. All right. Sure I mean, I have a V cutter in my pocket. I could V cut it. But go straight to try to get all the flavor you can. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellent. Cold drawer, salted cashews. I'm smoking a different cigar than you, <laughs> and I taste it too. <laughs> Saltine crackers. Toasted I'm going to not crackers. talk much about my cigar because I don't want to. I want to stay with this. This is a big deal, this cigar. When do we expect this to come in? Uh, sometime between July and August. July and August. Somewhere so in, in the cigar world, any day now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're talking September, October. Right? And, and if you talk Dominican time, it's tomorrow. <laughs> I, can, I can neither confirm nor deny. And we ordered a bunch, so we're going to get a few. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. That's La Fleur Dominicana talk. So we're going to light our cigar today with the Lotus CEO because Stephen Poirier has lofty goals, but a modest budget. The Lotus CEO features a triple jet, double action. You've got to flip the top manually, which I kind of like. Three jets. At the bottom, you have a flip-out bullet punch and an easy adjustment. It's the Lotus CEO featuring the patented Vertigo big-ass tank for $39.99. So you did have a bullet cutter right with you. And you got a V cutter in your pocket. You got everything. I fail to see what your point is. Said, As usual, all we have is a straight cutter. But that's because the official cutter that we use is a straight cutter. You hassle me every time I use my V cutter. So is it safe to say right now, in true La Flor Dominicana uh, fashion, this cigar is currently back ordered? <laughs> it technically <laughs> hasn't even been released yet. So, so yes, <laughs> essentially. These guys are really oh. paying attention to the cigar. Oh, right this away. is <laughs> right off the right off the bat. This is a lemon tart. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am going to do things to that board, Ed Sullivan, this week. Make it the opposite, like he clicks the cricket well, and ends up being. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I only did that because you missed the boat completely. On the first light, the aroma I got was clove all the way. I concur. Like if I was aroma. over there, I would hit, I would give you the button. <laughs> so that's just aroma, but have you lit lit up? I have. I have a little bit of clove on the retro hail, which I recommend for Mr. Jonathan. Now I recall, I don't think Carney's smoking along with us. I remember smoking the cigar, and my lips were tingly right off the bat. It's got so some pressure behind just it. Just having the, the, my lips on the mm -hmm. tobacco, they w it was tingly. I knew I was in for a strong cigar right from the start. All right, I'm going to tell you my secret. Well, what I think is going to become my secret. This is Jonathan wants to get through this without getting sick. Right. So people that smoke fuller-bodied cigars on the regular tend to smoke slower than people that smoke milder cigars. Sure. I uh, very frequently will see somebody, for example, with uh, other, another TAA one, the, the Padron Toro, right? And it'll take them two hours to smoke a five-inch cigar, whereas I would smoke that cigar in under an hour. I'm smoking too fast for full-bodied cigars. This is my theory. So with a, a fuller-bodied so cigar, on really going time. slow, 
stretching it out to a puff every 45 seconds to a minute. If it goes out, it goes out. I can relight it because it, I know it's full-bodied, so that tobacco is going to stand up to the additional relights if it's necessary. Whereas a mild cigar, you get maybe two good relights, and then it goes downhill so after that. So this is your cigar for the month of May. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what happens to me on full body. I can do it. I'm not saying I can't smoke the cigar. I can do it, but then I'm done. You know, I guess it overpowers me, and I'm done for the day. And I don't want to be done for the day. I want to keep going. So I ended up doing a couple of inches of that. And I said, okay, this is it, because I was at a cigar dinner, and I wanted to smoke a few different cigars, and that was going to, I don't know. You're going to see what happens after the halfway point and see, you know, for, what the, you first two, for the first two inches, I'm, I'm with you. After what happens after that, I have no idea. I, th I think you might be in trouble. I think so, too. I think no. you might be in trouble. I think no. it was this is a strong cigar. This is a very strong cigar. I'm going to be fine. And, and you see that right from the get-go with this thing. Mm. Absolute powerhouse. It's more balanced than the Oro. It's based on the Oro blend, but there's more balance on this cigar. So, Stephen, you've been a uh, cigar smoker for a long time? I've been smoking cigars since, let's see, uh, 2009 or 2010. Okay. So it's been yeah, you got nine eight, nine years. years. Yep. Yep. So you, you, I heard a rumor that you, you early on thought that somehow dirty underwear was going to keep your cigars humidified. Can you tell us about that? What, I just, <laughs> like so, somehow the so, sweat that was collecting in the, the nether region of, of your undergarments was going to be good for cigars? I don't know about you, but I generally don't keep dirty underwear in my underwear drawer. Oh. That's usually so you're doing it all wrong. This was all you're clean. doing it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, and this is the second time doing a uh, podcast? Yes. And um, the first one was actually this week. He did the ash holes. If you haven't heard the ash holes yet, uh, go on um, to however you get your podcast and find the ash holes. And he did a show there, which I learned a lot listening to you for an hour talking. So uh, one of the things that I caught on there, uh, and believe me, that was, that was one of them, that <laughs> you, you keep your cigars in your underwear drawer. I don't know about that. The first cigar I ever smoked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I then bought a 25-count humidor that I outgrew in a week. How many pairs of underwear fit in that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say safe bet two. Okay. Maybe. Good. Now I have about seven humidors to keep my underwear in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you went to college for nutrition and diet. That's correct. Therefore, he's the enemy. And then, so it's so, it's, it's so unbelievable to me that your thoughts of a young man of the direction we were going to go in is, okay, I'm going to go to, uh, for nutrition and then and diet and then end up in the cigar industry. It's the weirdest thing. of, And I think it's what happens to most people. They go in for one thing and they come out a different person. Well, I took so many turns in my college education. Originally, it was chemical engineering. I went to Syracuse University for chemical engineering and said, no. Yeah. Calculus was the killer for me. Yeah, it was, that'll ruin anybody. It was not pretty. You should have bought a calculator. It's not you fun just punch at all. it all into the calculator and it does it for you. Except when you have a professor in Calc 1 that refuses to let you use anything other than a nine-function calculator. Uh, yeah, I could write programs and do all the math out in a nice calculator, but no. It was basic calculator for me or doing it out on paper. Now, I, I have a question from a nutrition standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, 
Where do you stand on broccoli? <laughs> Don't overcook it. But in general, if you had broccoli every day, it's good for you, right? Anything every day in large quantities is not necessarily a good thing. If you're eating two pounds of broccoli a day, I'm going to say you're probably going to have some problems. Let's say between three and five florets. <laughs> would, they, would you be okay there? What's, what's a florette? I mean, <laughs> florette's basically a quick cut of the top. It's generally about two inches long. And it's, he was a cook, too. <laughs> I was a cook for about four years throughout my nutrition degree career. Um, Yes, broccoli is not bad for you at all, unless, again... People well, have died from it. Nobody has died from <laughs> eating broccoli. Not one person in history. Yeah, I'm you sure could be allergic I'm to broccoli and not die from it. You get a little I'm case sure of the I'm sure somewhere hives. somebody has choked to death on a fluorite of broccoli. That is not choking from... That's not dying from broccoli. That's dying from choking or asphyxiation. Caused by broccoli. He puts broccoli in everything. He puts broccoli on pizza. He, he mixes it in spaghetti sauce. Meatballs. Broccoli and everything... It's crazy. Because Dave won't eat vegetables, so I have to sneak the vegetables in. Okay. But there's other vegetables in broccoli. Sneak something there else is. in. He doesn't eat spinach. Brussels sprouts. Spinach is great. And I do eat Brussels sprouts, and I do eat broccoli because you put it in. <laughs> Asparagus. Yeah. Asparagus is awesome. What Expensive, we have? but awesome. We had hamburgers, very good hamburgers that he made, and it was all asparagus underneath the... You ever have chocolate-covered asparagus? No. That's a good time. Now I'm interested. <laughs> Dear God, that's insane. Now I'm interested. That should uh, be on the asylum section. Then you got into cigar retailing. Yes. Which I love. So here we have a cigar rep that has seen my side. And that's the best rep of all because they can understand Been the Been in the retailer. trenches. It's awesome. And when, when that ends up happening, it's the, I can relate with you. And you can relate with me. You understand our problems as opposed to, uh, here, take this, take this, take this. And it's like, there's no place to put it. There's no thing there. And you understand you've been on both sides. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and about a year ago, mm -hmm. happy anniversary, you joined La Florida Dominicana. Yes, I did. And, uh, it's, from, and it's from knowing Connie? Um, a little bit. I still had to get through the interview process, which... Was, was harrowing. Uh, yes, that was a good choice of words. Um, yeah, it was. And it went up the, I, the I, pole. You, yes, you it did go up the pole. Yeah. Um, I ended up, Carney posted on Facebook just like he did not too long ago. We're currently looking for a territory down south um, and said, hey, we have a job opening. Anyone interested, email me your resume. And I immediately, within a minute of him posting, shot him a Facebook message, said, my resume's on the way. I was editing it until 2 o'clock in the morning, sent it over to him, and the rest is history. So some companies end up saying, oh, we're going to um, get reps from outside the industry. And I, I don't know what the, the reasoning behind well, that. Well, part of it is the, you don't know what you don't know when you come from outside the industry. So if you have a, ba a basis in sales, and that's where your background's in, you're just walking in and this is a new product, so you haven't heard the no's, you haven't heard all the rejections, you're not talking yourself out of the sale, so to speak, as you walk into this company. Whereas if you're in the industry, he already knew coming in, the retailers are going to say, listen, I don't have any place to put it. But he was a cigar smoker, he was a cigar retailer, and now he's moved, moved up the ladder and he's a cigar rep. Do you find yourself pitching stores on the geekier stuff from the floor because you yourself are a geek? Not necessarily. Realistically, if I, when I walk into a store, if, especially if it's a store that, let's say I'm opening a new account, I'll walk into a store and walk in their humidor and take a look what they have, 
what their smokers smoke if it's a large ring gauge shop. They're probably going to be ordering a lot of large ring gauge. So I'll immediately go in my brain, pull out, okay, we're going to do this, 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 this. Um, and then maybe find holes where they really don't have something focused on. If they're pr primarily Nicaraguan tobacco in their humidor, we're going to fit in great because yeah. a little bit of Dominican works. Yeah. Or well, here's what you're missing. In Bingo. You probably have customers. You don't have customers. You have people coming in here, and they don't see this size yep. or this, and there's people out there. You, you know what your top sellers are. Oh, yeah. You need this. You don't see a, a, a big cigar like the Digger, and they say, well, I don't want, listen, customers want them. Believe it or not, customers want them. If you put them there, you're going to be on them. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's a great golf course cigar. Less than an entire round of golf, if not longer. For me, it's a four-and-a-half-hour smoke. Yeah. So you smoke a little on the slow side? Oh, definitely. So you can, and you can handle the strong stuff. This is what i got to do. I think I can up my smokeability. I can smoke stronger stuff if I learn to just slow down. You're okay with it so far? So far. So you find so you, it strong. Jonathan, you, no. could, you could smoke smaller cigars then. Uh, right. <laughs> Ed Sullivan, you're just, just a couple so weeks lucky. away from the answer I'm going to wire up a mute button for your mic <laughs> that I can trigger from up here. So if somebody's out there and a lot of our listeners want to get into the cigar industry, they love it, mm -hmm. and they, they would say, um, if I could get into the cigar industry, beautiful, I'm not even working anymore because all you guys really do is drink and smoke, right? There's hardly anything to this. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> Only in Rhode Island. Yeah, Rhode Island has a few cigar bars that you can hang out in and uh, have some fun. Um, realistically, this job is tedious. There's a lot of driving involved. Yeah, a lot of miles. You're doing all of New England and all New York. All of New England, all of New York. New York City, too, all the yep. way in. About 65,000 miles a year on my car. All right. So, so I spend a lot of time. First off, you're going to be driving like crazy. 65,000, the average person is putting on about 12. So this guy's five times that, the amount of driving you're doing, which is lonely. You're all by yourself. Yeah, but I get to watch the Cigar Authority, yeah. listen to the Cigar Authority. And Hopefully Ashles. listen. Don't, yeah, don't, don't be, watch it don't while you're watching it. Um, <laughs> So, what do they sh should they be th think? They shouldn't be thinking that way. That that's the way it is. No, it's a, it's a tedious hot, and your job is to actually get the cigar in the store and for the <coughs> store to be able to sell it, so you can get reorders. It's not about yep. placing at one time. It's about gaining a relationship with your customers, not only the people smoking the cigars that are buying them from cigar shops, but it is a hundred percent a relationship between a rep and a shop, because if you go in and just hard sell. It may sell once, but it's getting the employees and getting the owners and managers behind your product, and yeah. that starts with the relationship with your salesperson. One of the biggest mistakes that reps have made uh, with, and I see it downstairs, is they'll come in and they'll have samples for Dave, but they walk in, they have an appointment with Dave, they come upstairs, they come downstairs, they say bye, they leave. The guys on the ground, in, in the trenches, so to speak, are the guys that you want to have sample your product. Those are the guys that you want to become familiar with your product and be able to fit that into their regular rotation. Because let's face it, as a salesman, I have between 8 and 15 go-tos for each price point and each flavor profile. Wouldn't it be nice if you could add that into my flavor profile of stuff that I'm going to recommend by sampling the guys down in the shop? So what's your strategy when you walk in? Are you... The first guy, you just take care of the owner, you take care of everybody? I take care of as many employees as humanly possible. Realistically, how many customers have come up to you and said, 
I really love this cigar, but you don't have it. And how many employees have done the same thing? Yep. Then you bring it in, and it starts selling like crazy. Yeah. That's how you start growing with companies, with your facings in your humidor, with, I mean, use a cigar from us. If, let's say, a company doesn't or a shop doesn't carry our mild line, our suave. Right. And mild and medium cigars sell a lot more than people realize. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things that, even at events, I have to push our medium lines. I have to push our mild lines because half the people coming in that may not be familiar with the floor, those are the people that I want to reach. Yeah. All of our smokers that smoke 700 and Digger, they are LaFleur smokers realistically for life. And we don't need more of them. No. God, no. Because it's a shortage of the product to begin with, right? So build the other lines and build something like the Reserve Especial. One of my favorite cigars. Me too. Me too. And this is approachable. I wouldn't say it's a mild cigar. It's a medium body cigar. But you have mild, medium, and Mm -hmm. full body. Even their Suave has got a little kick to it too. It's not your your grandfather's mild cigar. I mean, there's a lot going on with that cigar A lot of flavor. You got some great stuff. What's your favorite? My favorite, Reserve Especial Grand Robusto. Really? Okay. All right, perfect. 60 ring gauge. I do not smoke a lot of 60 ring gauges. That size, in my mind, the blend opens up fantastic, and it's right really, really complex. Right in the middle, really you get that little bit of, uh, a little bit of licorice, right dead center, halfway for, through that cigar. For me, it's almost like mint chocolate chip ice cream mint. No kidding. It's not mentholated, but it's like you just have that, eat a really good spoon of mint chocolate chip ice cream. And that's I'm going to have flavor. to do both. Add that to our shopping list. All mint right. chocolate chip ice cream. I'm in. <laughs> it's a favorite. How about mint Oreo? I don't no. really get chocolate out of it. Hmm. No, he's just uh, recommending it as a uh, flavor. Yeah. Is that even possible at Sullivan? Oh, yes. I had the coffee Oreo yesterday, by the way. Coffee <laughs> Oreo was fabulous. Um, cyclist. Yes. You ride a bike. I do. Still. But serious. Serious. Um, I'm currently dealing with a hip injury that's kept me off the bike for about a year and a half consistently. I'm starting to get back into it and seeing how my hip responds. But I am the guy in spandex that is usually on the side of the road and almost getting hit by cars on a daily basis. Careful. You mentioned spandex. You're sitting right next to Jonathan. Might have been a little turned I, on. I might that. have to move over a little bit really? just in case. But Barry's on that side. <laughs> hey, Watch out for his doing? glove compartment underwear he's so got over there. So believe it or not, one of us here on the Cigar Authority is a cyclist. I heard Mr. Ed Sullivan. There we go. Because you probably couldn't guess on the two bookends yeah. over here <laughs> that it wouldn't be us. Yeah, they haven't made a rim strong enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> Although Jonathan looks like he should be. I could hang on a cycle. Could you? Yeah. So when you say cyclists, are you drive? Are you pedaling twenty five miles? Um, the longest ride I've ever done in a day was one hundred and eight point oh six miles. Oh God! It was across basically half the state of Massachusetts. One hundred and eight right. miles. Ed Sullivan, three hundred k. You? Yeah. In one day. One day. Uh, it, it, the ride went off at three a.m. So that's about two hundred fifty miles. Uh, about 190... 186.4. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, 186 it, miles in a day. Yeah. Makes it, two things that Barry's very quick at. It, it was a series of rides <laughs> for training for Boston, Montreal, Boston. Okay. And after 300, I said, yeah, I'm out. Because after that, they got a 400 and a 600 for Could qualification. You, how do you deal with the chafing? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> it, it's not like spandex are comfortable, really, to wear to begin and that, with. And that seat is so uncomfortable. It's so yeah. pointy. and 
and awesome. The, the worst part was at the height of the day, it was about 93 degrees. Oh, my God. Going through the hills of Connecticut, and they do have quite some hills there. Do they let you pull over and put a little fresh balls on you, and then re- you can stop as much as you want in this event as long as you come in within a certain time limit. Which is how long? How long did it take you to do it? We finished before dark, so it was about 3 a.m. until roughly 7. It was earlier in the season, so 7 o'clock at night. Oh, my God. And no, thank you. By the way, Ella. Yeah. Uh-uh. No LF- way. LFD's down looking for a new sales rep because spandex is not an approved uniform. Ah, <laughs> as it should not be. <laughs> Absolutely. Send your, uh, send your resume to Jonathan Connor. So let's talk about this, this new cigar coming out. It's, it's the La Flor Dominicana Oro. If you've ever had that before, the ones in the beautiful tube. Gold I, tubes. Yeah. Oro is gold, right? Yep. Spanish. Beautiful cigar to begin with, but this is supposedly beefed up. And this is the TAA 50th anniversary, which yeah. is the golden anniversary. It all ties in together. Correct. I don't know if I would personally call it beefed up because it's, it's very smooth and um, extremely well balanced. So for me, the Oro feels more like it's slapping you in the face. Maybe this is going to creep up to it, but it's so smooth. Well, this is going to take me two hours to smoke because a half an hour in, I'm at just about an inch because I'm really taking my time. As as is everybody on the panel. How about you, Ed Sullivan? Are you chugging along on this? But you tend to smoke not fast. No, Uh, I tend to smoke slow anyway. But uh, boy, I got to try it myself. I'm approaching halfway. I got more than a third done. Yeah. Yeah, you're I, lightweights. I agree. You, you also do that on a daily basis, yes. reviewing cigars for Cigar Authority. I agree with Barry, though. This is a very strong cigar, but it's smooth, you know, and especially on the retrohale, you expect. You getting heaviness on the chest? Not at all. No? There was that blast. Oh, look at Mr. Jonathan's yeah, going to retrohale this. There's not a lot of pepper or spice on the no. retrohale. Come on. Come on, Jonathan. You're holding it forever. What are you doing? You can't do it? I'm scared. You can't He's do getting it. getting a little. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not bad. Look at you. I, oh, my God. I got to try it. So you got to smoke fuller body cigars a lot slower. There, there may be some science behind this. I did a little bit of re. <laughs> he may have inhaled I tra- a little I thought bit. I, I thought I could hold it. Oh. There may be some. Stings science. the nostrils. <laughs> Woo. Of like a cinnamon sting. What do you got? No, like you now took I'm bu- a deep now breath I'm underwater I'm, through your I'm nose. I'm bumming that I don't have one because I'd be very interested to, to This know. is the new technique? Yeah. Slow. Very slow on full-bodied cigars. There may hey, be some You haven't si- relit or anything, though. You're not going so nope. slow that you have to relight. Going about every 45 uh, seconds to a minute. <laughs> All right. You want to s- stick with us? Yeah. Steven? Okay. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, um, we're going to continue to review the La Flor Dominicana 50. Um, we have the offer of the day, something in the mailbag. We'll never get in. The Asylum, classic day, lots more. Stick around. We're live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding. 
the Rough Rider cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range. That's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider cigars. There's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General Warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Andullo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma, and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company. It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. Ooh. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are, that Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake. Jose Dominguez, not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. 
this is Eric Newman from the J.C. Newman Cigar Company, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority. And we are back broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Set. We're smoking, or they're smoking, the LFD 50, the TAA 50, the most rare and limited LFD ever. Welcome back to The Cigar Authority, <coughs> everybody. How you guys doing with it, okay? Honey mustard and lemongrass is what I'm picking up for flavor notes. I can give you the honey mustard. There's a little bit of that honey spicy component, uh, but Ed Sullivan and I were discussing it during the break. The retrohale kind of has a sweet oakiness to it. I am surprised with your flavors that I thought you were going to be, all these are going to be pounding, hurting. Nothing. You're enjoying it. This is the new technique. And you're enjoying it. Yeah. So maybe that's what everybody does and... We just people always power through. Yeah, people that because smoke we mild smoke mild cigars, we automatically smoke it fast. You tend to smoke slow, Barry, anyway. Yeah, I feel like I'm powering through this, though. Except when it really counts, and it's who can smoke the slowest, then he, then he blows it. Yeah. Which we're going to get to next week. I got to say that there's a fam- flavor that I'm very familiar with. Semen? Wow, I'm getting it from both sides now. Giggity. I didn't even hear what you said. But it, was so, it was something dirty. Uh, Tahitian vanilla bean. Tahitian vanilla, vanilla bean. bean. I don't know what that is, but it sounds... That, that might have just trumped Chinese people. <laughs> so Tahitian vanilla, everybody's familiar with either Mexican or Madagascar vanilla. It's a very... Which is going up in price, by the way, like crazy. Big time. Big time price increase on the Mad- Madagascar vanilla. How do I know this? I don't know. I heard it that four times, five times the price. Yeah, so yeah. vanilla ice cream might be going it's gonna out. Go crazy. Yep. Yes. It's going to go crazy. Tahitian has more of a florally component to the vanilla. It's still very sweet. It's nice and florally. And I'm getting that vanilla with the florals in this cigar big time, especially a really slow retrohale. It's coming out really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, no. None of that. Yeah. Well, you don't know what it is. I know what vanilla and floral is, and it's neither of those. I like you and everything, Stephen, but I can't give that one to you. If it's I was a, at the board, you'd be getting Ed's, crickets. I, I gave him the harp. That's it. Tahitian vanilla is a very distinctive taste. You know it. I know it well. Yep. It's what I use for creme brulee if I want to give it some subtlety and a yep. little more depth. The Mexican vanilla is just... In I'm your impressed. face. In your face, super oaky, super woodsy. What Ma- doesn't Ed Sullivan know? <laughs> he, he's a magic man. He is very, very, <laughs> very worldly. He uh, well, Dave, what a former boss said to me was that I have a Walmart brain. I've got everything in it, but none of it is worth much. Ah. <laughs> Flavors, burn, quality, everything's great. The burn has been absolutely spectacular. Ultra-thin burn line, yeah, burning yeah. even. So aged. They got it going on. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Yeah, a lot of complaints of it's not in stock and everything. That's because it sells. They make more than they ever did before. It's hot. It's hotter than it's ever been. And because they've been doing it right, and I know, since 1994. And it's, uh, it's the first time that since I've been paying attention to the Cigar Aficionado Cigar of the Year that that has not been the kiss of death. They didn't rush a single thing. They were out of the Andalusian Bowl more than they more than they had it in stock, but it still sells out as soon as it comes in, and the rest of their stuff still has the power behind it that it always had. Literally. There's one thing that I always say to my retailers, and especially at events to customers, because I do feel a fair amount of complaints. Um, I say, okay, 
Would you rather the cigar out tomorrow? I have it in your hands tomorrow, but it's a different cigar. Yeah. Would you rather it be the same thing you've smoked for 10 years? That's where LaFleur, we get it right. Yeah. We have to have it exactly the way it was yeah. when it first came There's out. There's no greed there. There's no. not a greed of let me push the number up and we'll just get Long this thing play. out. That, that's it. So uh, right now, let's take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars, take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum Cigars. Researchers have confirmed that the seventh planet from the sun has an upper atmosphere full of one of the smelliest chemicals known to humans, hydrogen sulfide. Yes, that means Uranus has an odor that is familiar. The odorous gas is what gives rotten eggs and human flatulence their distinctive smell. Scientists plan to launch another probe that will penetrate Uranus to return more readings from deep in the valves of the atmosphere. Oh, God. And while the planet's smell is enough to repel your wife from under the covers in a Dutch oven, oh. the methane cuddles can be used to keep you warm at night, and that's not only insane, it's asylum. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away. It doesn't disappoint. We didn't disappoint this time. That was quality. That's insane. Also, you missed one thing about the inhalation of farts. It's actually good for you. It stems off certain types of cancer and I believe Alzheimer's as well. You're going with it anyway. It's healthy. Is to give your wife just the like Dutch broccoli. Oven. Is this your own study? Well, broccoli helps produce the chemicals that help save you in future lots <coughs> of bad things. Is that what you get? Yeah. So the following message was submitted through the contact us page of thecigarauthority.com, and this is interesting. This is a little crossover. We had done a crossover episode because uh, Dan from the Ashholes was on jury duty. So I filled in last minute. We realized he wasn't going to be there. Right. Sent us over the notes, and so I jumped in. And I had made a joke with uh, Terrence Riley about us breaking the Argonorsa story. And so Catch the assholes. Listen to the assholes. You can skip over that one where Mr. Jonathan's in, but listen to listen It's to already Dan the highest, highest listened show of all time, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Mr. Jonathan, you didn't even come close to breaking the Argonorsa story. It was on pretty much every blog and website the day before the assholes went live. You guys are really getting into the habit of congratulating yourselves for things you didn't accomplish. Signed, Sarah. I think it was mentioned right at the beginning of the show that they changed the name of the company. It was said at the beginning of the show, and it was also said that it was on every blog, and I was caught right away being the wise-ass that I was being. But Sarah really felt offended by it, and so, like people who get offended, she sent an email. And who'd she send it to? She sent the, it to the, the contact us page of the Cigar, Cigar Authority. Authority, which doesn't have those guys on. And, and in the interest of uh, the accuracy of her note here, it's not you guys. I take credit for stuff I didn't do all the time. Not Dave, <laughs> not Barry, not Ed Sullivan. It's me, not you guys, not them. It's me, and I'll, I'll take that. Don't worry, I'll still pat you on the back for it. Appreciate that, because my arm's a little sore. I can't quite reach. All right, right now it's time to hear the Don Raphael offer of the day. Brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this 
And if so, for this amount of money, how much would it take to do it? It's $100 is the offer today. Drink a eight ounce glass of water out of a fish bowl that I will provide. Fish are swimming in it, they're pooping in it, flatulence or whatever. <laughs> do uh, Barry, would do you fish, fish have be flatulence? In the, bowl? the fish are in the bowl, mm. but I'm just going to give you a glass of water out of the fish bowl. Okay. Eight ounce, and you just drink Would it. I, rather... I hand you a hundred bucks. Oh, please. All day. How long's the water been there? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. When was the last time it was changed? Doesn't matter. I'm drinking it. Yeah, it's there it's for fish. a while. It's a fish. It's not filthy, cloudy, dirty. It's a fish bowl. You're taking care of the fish. Fish are relatively clean, generally. Considering how much I'm liking this cigar and how expensive it's going to be, sure, I'll do it for four of these cigars. Really? That's basically almost 100 bucks. And we know Ed Sullivan's out and you're out, so it, we're back to being tied. But from a guy that won't eat a Twinkie, right? But there's nothing, there's nothing artificial in the fishbowl. It's all from nature. So it's all about artificial things. Yeah, I don't want to eat a whole So as a nutrient, is it bad to eat artificial foods? There's artificial, and then there's sourced in a lab. There's flavors that you can pull out naturally, or there's chemicals that may be derived from a specific plant or source. The whole artificial, chemically induced, whatever lab created, I take it as with a grain of salt, simply. Um, I'll eat a Twinkie right now. We don't have any Twinkies. That's, just, that's disappointing. <laughs> and, you know you what's know, really and good? And you, don't think it's gonna, and you don't think it's going to hurt you in any way, right? So if I you, like overeating broccoli or anything like that. If you overeat anything, like orange juice will kill you if you drink five gallons of it in a day. Hang on a second. So if you were going to eat two pounds of broccoli or two pounds of Twinkies, which one is going to have a worse effect on your body? I honestly, for enjoyment, I'd probably eat the Twinkies. Nice. He's on our side, Barry. Yes. Boom. Nutrition. You went to college for this. That doesn't mean a damn thing. It means thing. everything. He's not relying on his nutrition degree yes, he is. to deliver he that information. It. He's saying he himself. He's not saying science says none of that stuff. He doesn't know. It's, it, it's what he's learned over the years. He would eat rather Twinkies instead a of A Twinkie broccoli. will make me happier. Therefore, it's better for my mental health. I don't say I agree with you. that I've never eaten two pounds of Twinkies, but maybe a pound of Twinkies. <laughs> I've eaten a whole box. How much is in a box? I weighed the donuts the other day. It was one it. pound. And then I put the cigar. But I may have a problem after a pound of Twinkies. My roommates can probably uh, throw some information in there that wouldn't be appropriate for the show. But a pound of Twinkies, I'd be in trouble. Yeah? Yeah. Deep fried Twinkies. Are you, uh, a pound of donuts? It's, it's gluten intolerant? Is that where you're going with this? A donut is a quarter pound. At, uh, donut. at donut. the age of two, I actually had 50% of my small and large intestine removed. Really? Yes. And you were a nutritionist. And so that's what caught, what caught not at the age of two, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how I got into uh, it. It became nutrition became important for me uh, to live a normal life. So it really came easy to me. I was I'm a slacker in school. All right. So you, ba- you just said in the same paragraph that you would opt to eat two pounds of Twinkies over two pounds of broccoli. But at the one pound mark, you are in trouble and you're still going to do it. And we're going to believe you that Twinkies are better for us than broccoli. I never said that. You're putting words in my mouth. There we go. And that's what he does. That's I part s- of his charm. Sarah, you can send your uh, notes and letters <laughs> He's to the contact us page of thecigarauthority.com. 
All right, I think we can squeeze it in. We got a little time. So let's go to the classic day in classic history. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow, it's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. In classic history. Here's looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. Undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. Stephen, do you know how this works? Yes, I do. All right, so what we're going to do is give you uh, the information on a certain person. You're going to guess what year they were born without going over on that year. If they were born in 1900, if you said 1901, that's over. And closest without going over, if you land it exact, you get two points. We have five questions, two tiebreakers in case we need them. We have seven questions for those of you listening at home. No, we do not. No, we do not. And today is May 12th, and we're going to start with Mr. Jonathan. Um, Tony Hawk. You got him? I got him. Skateboarder. That's right. Sports icon who became a star uh, for defining vertical skateboarding, whatever that means. Founding Birdhouse, whatever that means, and launching a successful video game series. He was nicknamed the Birdman for his aerial stunts and gained fame for becoming the and first skater. his last name's Hawk. Okay. For successfully landing a 900-point spin-out and half-pipe. He did the first 900 on the half-pipe, yes. What does that mean? He rotated 900 degrees in one aerial on a skateboard. It's one and a half times? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Three would be the 1080. You're a skateboarder. Yeah. So you know the stuff. This is a hand-given This should be a layup for me. Should be a layup for you. I believe he was born in 1964. 64, he says. Steven, what do you think? 1968. 68. I have 68 written down. 68. We have two points. Steven and Barry, 68. Two points each. I tried to help you there. You see it. How did did you try to help me? I'm a skateboard guy. I know you're a skateboarder. Are you a skateboarder? Steven? No, not at all. Barry, skateboard. <laughs> no. I don't think so. <laughs> so that was a layup for you. I stick to two wheels, not four. There we go. So this goes over to you, Steven. Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale, British social no reformer and statistician one. who was considered the founder of modern nursing. Later in her life, she worked in India studying the effects of sanitation in the rural life and helping to improve the country's health and uh, services and medical care. So she was in sanitation, which might be something that you learned in school, maybe. No? To an extent. To an extent. Not to Florence Nightingale's time? Not at all. Not at all? I'm taking a shot in the dark. I'm going to go with 1901. 1901, Barry. 1826. 1826-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860-1860. 1860
Brat Pack actor who got a start in The Breakfast Club. He acted in cult films like Repo Man, Young Guns, and played the leading role as the coach in The Mighty Ducks. Charlie Sheen's brother, Emmanuel Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez. 1961. 61. 1950. 50. 1954. 54. 61 will take it, Barry Stein, at 62. And Barry takes the lead at three. He was also in Men at Work, one of my favorite yeah. movies of Baseball player, 18-time All-Star catcher and three-time MVP who won 10 World Series championships with the New York Yankees. It ain't over till it's over. Yogi Berra, born today what year? 1872. 1872. Steven. He died Don't a couple of years football. ago. Are you insane? It's, ba <laughs> it's baseball. Right. Whatever. 1914. 1914. Barry. 1930. 1930 is over. Oh. Steven will take the point that... 1914, it's 1925. We have a two-way tie, 3-3. I was pretty close, though. With a zero, Mr. Jonathan can sit this last one out because oh, no, you I can't can, catch I up. Can be, I cannot be shut out. All right. Uh, or I could be the first loser. And it's over to Steven. Last question for the championship. George Collin, considered by many to be the greatest stand-up comedian of all time. He put out 14 stand-up comedy specials on HBO in his career, was the first host on Saturday Night Live. He rose to fame with his seven dirty words. George Collin, born today. What year, Stephen? My roommate is going to absolutely murder me if I do not get this right. 1929. 29, Barry. 39. 39. 42. 42, Stephen gets it right for the point. It's 37, and I'm still in it. He says 29. What do you mean? Because it, they're t they're now tied, so you have to go to the tiebreakers. No, he's Steven, up four three. Four to three. He wins. You I lose three three. Well, you're wrong, and Stephen is our champion. You get nothing. That's Barry Stein's initials. That's BS. <laughs> no, it is not. That is our champion. That is our champion. And now, if I remember correctly. Mr. Jonathan Carney has never won. Is that correct? It's very possible. Yeah, you know what? You really should poke the bear. <laughs> you did a good ash, ash hole show. You've been good so far, so just give him a jab. Well, the introduction was move over, Mr. Jonathan Carney. That's right. Move over. <laughs> uh, Sorry, John. There's a new sheriff sure in town. It was, and now we have not Jonathan Carney not, on the show. Eh, it's not close enough. They're calling him not Carney. Like he comes in, oh, it's not Carney. Like, that, will that stick? It's like a huge disappointment. <laughs> or a rep finally not named John in the Northeast. Yeah. For LaFleur. The, they say the LFD reps here get all excited, thinking it's Jonathan Carney, and then he walks in. Oh, it's not Carney. Yeah, it's not Carney. <laughs> so we're, you're not, saying, we're not getting steak for lunch. I, <laughs> I should have shaved my head before I got here. No, you should have brought a couple of steaks. Oh, yeah. That's out of play right Listen, there. Listen, the rumor out there is uh, Mr. Jonathan Carney, and we're looking forward to seeing him if he's doing this, and I saw the beginning of it. He is growing hair. He has chosen to be bald, not with Mr. Jonathan. The real Mr. Jonathan. <laughs> well, I don't know who is bald. By but, choice. But I shave every day. Not only was he growing hair, he was growing large sideburns. So this is going to be a whole new look if this is going to continue. I might have to grow my sideburns back and just stay bald. Don't try to be him. There's been other people trying to be him too. Who? There's other people. Nobody I see people are trying to, to look him. like him. 
couldn't even do it. His big muscles, he yeah. eats beef all the time. He's a man's man. He is very manly. You almost confused another retailer for John at yes, TAA, did. didn't you? Yes, I did. People are trying to be. Would have been an awkward and, tushy and post I, And pinch. I think that was part <laughs> of the Jonathan Connie remake that he's like, okay, people are trying to look like this now. I'm changing it up. I'm growing back my hair. And then hair comes off his head. Big like, mistake. Yeah? Big mistake. So Jonathan Carney says, I may have lost many times, but I've been in many more games. Grasshopper. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So true. The acorn falls far from the tree? I don't know. We'll yeah, see. but I'm still 1-0. That's it. You, you're, you're the champion. Remember that because we'll forget next time you come on because you did a good job. First time out, we had your little – training wheels with the ash holes <laughs> you did fantastic learned a lot interesting show catch the ash holes see steven on it just uh, be careful good, good job because carney can schedule an event for you in new york city and then the next day in maine he came close to that uh <laughs> later this month i have three events in one week monday is in long island wednesday is maine and then thursday is new hampshire Oh my! You gotta uh, you gotta pronounce the G in Long Island. It's Long Island. Long Island. Long, Long Island. Island. Long Island. No, Long Island. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. So, uh, final thoughts here on the LFD TAA 50th anniversary coming out June, July. This time next year. September, October. July, August, September. Ideally. Look August. forward to it. Look forward to it. But it's very good. I was expecting, listen, I think I'm onto something with this smoking a little slower and being able to enjoy stronger cigars. I don't think I'm going to get myself in trouble anymore. I can smoke anything now. If I can handle this. Did you, did you beef up before? You eat a big, big heavy meal or anything like that? Nothing? Not especially no, big, no. No. I had breakfast, but. Barry, we know you eat extra anyway because that's what yeah. part of your charm. <laughs> I'll believe it when you actually get down past the band in about an hour and a half. You'll be, on the, you'll be on the floor. Yeah, you're about halfway done. You're I will not be LaFleurd smoking this. <laughs> Ed Sullivan, no problem for you? No problem. Is this right up your alley? I like it. You like it. I figured that, Barry. I like it a lot. I like get it a, a lot. So you're going to write a review on this? because? Uh, uh, no, I didn't really take pictures of it or pay enough attention to it for a full review. But, you know, Jonathan Carney, if you want to send me up another one, I will do a formal review. These are hard to get mm -hmm. to begin with before they even come out. Uh, but looking forward to it. This is a, a box of 20, so this is going to be a hefty price box yeah, type of 480 thing. 480 before any box discounts if yeah. retailers choose to give the box discount yeah. 10%. But the box is unique. The gold lettering mm -hmm. on it, it's something different. It's going to stand out on the shelf. Mm -hmm. It's going to the appearance of the cigar, everything. Uh, you got to try it. So look for it in your favorite brick-and-mortar retailer coming out soon. And that is it. Stephen, thank you for joining us here. Thank you very much, gentlemen. We're going to uh, say goodbye for now. But next week, Christian Oroa from CLE Cigars and Asylum will join us for some fun and games, cigar games. Until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And uh, if you've learned nothing else in the last two hours, well, I think there's something you learned. You, you smoke handmade cigars and you vote is the most important thing That's from today. Right. But keep the lid end out of your mouth. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.